We did the offense. Now let's do the defense. Five candidates I expect to break out in 2023, and they're a little more obvious this time. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sports book of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On. That is FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. In the last episode, the latest one, we predicted four offensive breakout candidates for the Nittany Lions, and we're going to do just that with the defense. I got five of them. We're going to split over two segments and then wrap up with Penn State's win over Iowa. It wasn't easy, but they got the job done. I mean, that's the number two team in the country, and that's just how good Penn State wrestling is. So let's get into defensive candidates for the 2023 season to break out for the Penn State Nittany Lions. And we're going to go kind of in order of obviousness. Uh, Number one is going to be Zane Durant, defensive tackle, true sophomore. Uh, I think he's ready to launch out of a cannon if you're asking me to be transparent and I think he can be an under the radar, all big 10 player, even an all America selection. That's how I, that's how good I think this kid is. Uh, He's fast and he's lean for a defensive tackle. Uh, He will easily see a boost in playing time with PJ Mustafer gone. Honestly, he might even start this upcoming season. And I I know who's in the room. I know Hakeem Beeman's there. Kaziah Izzard, Devon Elise. I know they're all there and they're going to rotate a lot, but I see Zane Durant as a starter next to somebody. Somebody's going to be there, whether I, I assume it would be Hakeem Beeman, uh, but Zane Durant, I think will start in one of those defensive tackle spots. And, and the coaches, they love him. They, they've raved about him. Uh, when spring practice was going on last year, it was Zane Durant a, as one of the main guys that stepped up a lot. You know, there was Nicholas Singleton, there was Katron Allen, there was Abdul Carter that, that they were the story, but Zane Durant was one of those other players that were grouped into that crop of true freshmen that just really wowed you. And that was during spring ball last year. So I wonder what spring ball is going to do for him this season. And with that being said, uh, he appeared in 13 games, all 13. So they wasted no time burning his red shirt. He had that green light. They do the red light, yellow light, green light, stoplight system uh, for true freshmen. And he was full on green, full speed ahead. Listed at six foot one, 275 pounds. And look at the tape. His best game came against Maryland. He had a sack in that game, a few tackles. Other than that, pretty relatively quiet throughout the season. Uh, but he'll make a lot of noise next year and I think be one of the defensive leaders. That is Zane Durant. Uh, Another true sophomore who's on the defensive line, but this guy is out on the end position, and that is Deny Dennis Sutton, probably someone that everybody has as a breakout candidate for Penn State's defense. And I I told you this is going to be a little obvious here, but Deny Dennis Sutton, I mean, he was named in ESPN.com a true freshman All-American. People know about him. He's he's definitely on the radar, but appeared in 13 games, made 17 tackles. 11 of them were solo, three sacks, three and a half tackles for loss, three quarterback hurries. Oh, yeah. One interception and against Indiana. And that was a game that Penn State just ran away with. But this is the kind of player that he is. Denied in a Sutton isn't just a pass rushing specialist. He is a true do it all defensive end type of player. Uh, deadly combo of size, speed, athleticism, and coordination. I, I think there's 
uh, people forget hand-eye coordination is very important. What makes Aaron Donald so good? Because he is really good with his hands and he's really good up front at the point of the attack. Deny Dennis Sutton can have that similar skill set if he continues to work on it. And that comes with the coordination. He's six foot five, 255 pounds. If you can believe it, he plays bigger than that. Uh, former five star, top 30 prospect nationally in high school. Uh, and he will be in that second defensive line rotation with Adisa Isaac and Chop Robinson being the starters. Now, uh, for some that might not have seen other episodes that we've done here on Locked on Nittany Lions, but the defensive line rotates with two full groups. They don't just sub random guys in and out. They always want fresh legs at all times, so they have a group A and a group B, and I think Deny Dennis Sutton will be pretty solid in that group B and see a lot of reps, so he won't necessarily start, uh, but he will see significant playing time. It's not a it's not really about if you start in this Penn State defense. It's how many snaps you get uh, in general here. And fun fact, if you didn't know why he wears number 33, that is because that is the Penn State sack record. Now, he had three sacks in his first season, so he's got a lot of ground to cover uh, because I don't know that he sticks around for four years. That's what it's going to take uh, unless he has to what it would take 15 sacks each season. Uh, that's going to be tough to do, but maybe he can get there. But that's why he wears number 33, because he wants to chase after that sack record. Uh, this is the third defensive player before we nominate the last two in the next segment. And that is Kobe King, redshirt sophomore, Mike linebacker. And I expect him to start and be the full-time starter at the Mike linebacker. He is too good to keep off the field. He showed that this past season, uh, later on in the season, because it was Tyler Elsden taking those reps. And then Kobe King started to work his way more onto the field because he's just so much more athletic. Now, the reason why Tyler Elsden was on the field is because Tyler Elsden is a smart player. And it's not to say that Kobe King isn't, but Tyler Elsden understood assignments better. He understood the Mike linebacker role a little better. The checks that you have to make. You are the captain of the defense, the play caller of the defense out there. And you got to change, you know, people's positions. You got to change what they're doing and be able to read the quarterback and read the signals and understand that. And I feel like Kobe King is caught up to speed on that because that's what was holding him back. It's not because he can't play football. It's because that he wasn't getting all of the X's and O's. But now that he's done it and done a lot of it, I mean, he had some really good games. Uh, think back to the Indiana game. He was clearly the defensive player of the game, and he was nominated as such as the Penn State defensive player in that game. Uh, he had six tackles against Rutgers. Kobe King flies all over the field, and it's good to have Tyler Elsden there to be uh, just – added depth because he's a good linebacker, but Kobe King is so much better when it comes to athleticism. He had 39 tackles last season for them for a loss. He recovered a fumble. He had a touchdown defensive touchdown. And most importantly, he can cover. I think that's really underestimated here. You need a linebacker that can go out and cover. And that's exactly what Kobe King can do against tight ends. He's not a mismatch. He's got good size to him. He's an athletic freak. And tight ends won't be able to just get by him. He'll be able to go stride for stride with those guys down the middle of the field, which is very helpful for Penn State's defense. This is Locked on Nittany Lions. When we come back, the final two candidates to break out for Penn State's defense in 2023. Let me know in the YouTube comments who you think 
will break out for Penn State's defense. That is all next on Locked on Nittany Lions. Today's episode is sponsored by FanDuel. Folks, the NFL playoffs are here, and we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they are the number one sports book in America, and that is FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that is even better. They have so many great features that make betting sport on sports so easy and so fun. New customers join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. And FanDuel has all of your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. All on an app that is safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans, do not miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets. Win or lose, that's all it takes. You just got to place the bet at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Thanks again for making Locked On Nittany Lines your first listen every single day. Make sure you check out the brand new podcast, and that is Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. That is Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Zach Seiko. Thanks so much for joining me. Segment number two is going to nominate the last two players I expect to break out in 2023 and we're going to go to the secondary safety zach key wheatley i expect to see a lot of zach key this season uh jair brown is gone you need a free safety you you need someone that's going to be more of that coverage that back end safety penn state needs a, a center fielder ball hawking coverage safety and, and who better to do that than zach key wheatley the turnover king uh, this is something we've heard for quite a bit now uh, whether he was a freshman on campus, now getting into his redshirt sophomore season. So he's been with the program now. It'll be his third year, but he's just a really good pass defender uh, than he is a run defender. And now I, I say this as he made 24 tackles in, in the time that he played on the field, but that's what they have Keaton Ellis and Jalen Reed for, the guys that are going to be more of those in-the-box safeties, the strong safety, if you will, so that Zachy Wheatley can play over the top where his skills are just best suited. Why force him into a position that he's just not as good at? He is better being that ball hawking, coverage safety, read the eyes of the quarterback, and he's just a magnet for the football. He's won the turnover king title. How many times now? Twice because he made the most turnovers in spring ball and then in fall camp by forcing the most turnovers on defense. Uh, this past season, he appeared in 12 games. He had all those tackles. Uh, but most importantly, why are we talking about him? Because of the turnovers he made. He had two interceptions and a forced fumble. And they were really crucial to the outcomes of some games. Let's think back to the Purdue game. Uh, oh, yeah, he just had a casual forced fumble. No big deal. No, it happened at the end of the first half. Purdue driving into Penn State territory forces a fumble. It stays just inside, uh, inside the field of play. And Penn State recovers it. And guess what happens? Brenton Strange uh, scores that big 60-plus-yard touchdown that ultimately helped Penn State win that game. And then against Auburn, he had that diving interception, sideline, was able to get a foot in bounds. And that was as the clock was expiring at the end of the first quarter to shift momentum back to Penn State. I mean, this, this kid can play. 
I, I'm excited to get him more on the football field. Uh, you know, I don't want to see Jair Brown go, but it opens the door for some of these young guys to play. And I think Zach Wheatley is ready to go as someone that can have, who can lead the nation. If Jair Brown can lead the nation with interceptions, I think Zach Wheatley can do it as well. Quarterbacks will figure out quickly that uh, they can't, <laughs> they're, they are not going to be able to stare him down because he will make them pay. Uh, the final one, and still comes from the secondary here, and that is quarterback Cam Miller, a uh, true sophomore. And Cam Miller is a little more of an under-the-radar type of player here because he, he didn't see too much action. He did appear in all in 10 games, uh, and he made three tackles. Like I said, didn't really light up the stat sheet here. Uh, but one of those true freshmen from the class of 2022 that, that has big potential. The coaches really believe in him. Teammates. When, whenever I, I found this interesting because I think back to when Penn State had an off day from practice and they had media availability and Sean Clifford and some other veteran players, Joey Porter Jr., they were talking to the media. And, and so um, beat writers and reporters were asking him questions. And, and Sean Clifford, unprovoked, brings up Cam Miller's name, says that he, he's a really good football player. He understands the game so early in his career. Uh, and just has high hopes for him, high praise. And, and that was before the season was getting ready to start. This was before the Purdue game. So I, I find that I found that really interesting. Coaches did the same thing. Unprovoked would just bring up Cam Miller and his progress. Uh, so anytime these players uh, get brought up like that, when you don't ask them, as you said, hey, how, how's Cam Miller's development? How's he going? Obviously, you, you know they're going to say something good. But when you say, hey, uh, Sean, what do, what do you like about the defense or how are they challenging you in practice? And, and he name drops Joey Porter Jr. and a couple other guys. And then all of a sudden, Cam Miller. And that's why I have high hopes for him, because when the coaches and players say he's a good player, uh, I, I'm going to believe him. I'm going to believe them. So he's expected to be that next boundary corner, not not a nickel, not a safety. He is going to be that boundary corner uh, the down the line of Joey Porter Jr., now Kalen King, Kim Miller is expected to be in that role. Uh, six foot, 180 pounds. He will get a little bigger. That's what the offseason's for. Um, but you will see him a lot, uh, a little more than last year. Uh, Storm Duck comes in. You have Johnny Dixon and Kalen King. But expect Cam Miller to be that next guy, that, that fourth cornerback that comes in. And if you'd like an honorable mention, because why not? Uh, K.J. Winston falls in that category of a player that uh, was under the radar this past season, but he's received a lot of high praise. Uh, when you talk about the defense or the secondary, his name unprovoked will get brought up in the conversation. So those two players, Cam Miller and K.J. Winston, are the next line of secondary defenders that uh, should be pretty good for Penn State's defense. It is locked on Nittany Lions. We're talking some wrestling. Penn State gets it done in the Bryce Jordan Center. Sold out crowd against number two, Iowa. My takeaways and just a recap of the whole event itself is on the way. My name is Zach Seiko, your host of Locked on Nittany Lions. Penn State Wrestling downs number two, Iowa, 23-14 to 14 in the Bryce Jordan Center. Another electric crowd, no surprises. People describe it as boring. Uh, when when Penn State's in total control, uh, yeah, it, it is going to be boring. It's going to be boring for some. It was entertaining for me. Uh, but my takeaways to open up, and then we'll just recap the dual meet as a whole to finish everything up. If you haven't, please subscribe to the YouTube channel so you can get everything from football, men's basketball. We talk men's ice hockey on here and Penn State wrestling, of course. 
so the wrestling team, they beat Iowa 23 to 14. Uh, Penn State, obviously, is still the best team in the country. That's the, no surprise. This is not a hot take. This is just kind of fact at this point. Uh, Iowa did give them a scare. Uh, please, by all means, in, in the comments, tell me that Iowa kept it close and you didn't know if Penn State was going to run away with it. Max Dean, he iced the duel. That's great. Uh, but it, it was close. It really went down to the final seconds there. Uh, if Max Mirren gets a reversal, things completely change. You know, there were some really close bouts. Penn State uh, definitely met its match with Iowa here, even though it was a nine-point deficit and they got the win. I, I will say that Iowa certainly gave them the biggest scare that they'll get all season. Uh, but Penn State is still number one, and, and no one's taking that crown, even if it was close. You know, it's still about winning. Uh, once again, we see that 174, 184, 197, 285. Uh, the, it's just the murder's row. That, that's really what it is. Uh, it's the murderer's row. You, you can't get through it. Penn State just continues to sweep those weights almost every single time. I know that Greg Kirkfleet at the heavyweight is coming off of a loss to Michigan wrestler Mason Paris. But you can count on those four spots to be a guaranteed victory 99% of the time. No more red shirt for Levi Haynes. Uh, and they needed him. They needed him. I think, think about the consequences here from Levi Haynes being in the lineup. So he burns his red shirt. They wanted to keep it, but you needed him in this dual meet to win. He won his bout, which was more important than people realize and more crucial to the end result. He defeated number 15, Cole Seabrecht, and it was three to two. It was a one point victory. That prevented that did a bunch of things here for momentum that prevented Iowa from winning the first of the five bouts in the duel. Uh, if Haynes doesn't win this bout, that is a six point swing for Iowa because you subtract the three and you give that to Seabrick and the Hawkeyes, meaning that that would have made heavyweight come down to a, a winner take all type of situation. A uh, great Kirk Fleet, uh, he had the leverage because he just had to avoid being pinned by Tony Cassiope. Now, Kirkfleet, I think, would have won ultimately, but the stakes are different. Y you know, there's not as much pressure for, for Penn State in that heavyweight spot. A and Haynes's three to two decision helped Penn State make sure that it was a no pressure situation down the stretch. Uh, but I will give Iowa a lot of credit here. They are as tough as a number two team as you can expect because Penn State demolished Michigan and Michigan was number three. Michigan had no shot in this. Penn State should have won nine out of the ten bouts. They ultimately won eight in that dual meet. But it, it was back and forth until it got to Aaron Brooks. Aaron Brooks uh, got that tech fall, and then Max Dean iced the dual meet. And then essentially all Greg Kirkfleet had to do as the number two wrestler in the country was not get pinned. It doesn't, uh, <laughs> doesn't sound too hard for him. Um, uh, but I, I can say for a majority of the dual meet, I was unsure about who was going to take what. Uh, Levi Haynes wasn't a lock to win his match. He, the ones, the people that did lose, like a Bo Bartlett or an Alex Facundo or a Shane Van Ness, those were toss-up matches. You didn't know who was going to win necessarily. Um, yeah, Aaron Brooks was an overwhelming favorite. Yeah, Spencer Lee was an overwhelming favorite. But every single match, you just had to wait until the final seconds came off of the clock. But as a whole, I mean, it started off pretty pretty good for Penn State because everyone in the gymnasium, everyone in the Bryce Jordan Center, everybody on the planet thinks that Spencer Lee is going to pin Gary Steen. Well, first, Penn State makes a switch. They go to Marco Vespa instead of Gary Steen, and Vespa avoids the pin 
and Spencer Lee ends up only getting five points instead of six. Not that it would have mattered. Penn State would have won by eight uh, in this. But that's that's momentum. When everyone thinks that something's going to happen and Vespa's able to stay alive, hold his own, I respect him even more for coming out against Spencer Lee and putting him in a cradle early in the match, early in that matchup against them. So that's a tone setter when everyone thinks you're not going to be able to hold your own, uh, and he did. Obviously, Roman Bravo Young's uh, pin against Teske in the Brody Teske in the next match uh, really sets the tone. That gets a crowd fired up. That is a that is a home atmosphere ready to explode. And RBY did just that because I wasn't expecting him to pin Teske that late in the match, but Teske overshot. RBY made him paid, and that. That's just a tone setter. Both of those two to open up because you assumed that most people assumed that Spencer Lee was going to get a pin and Teske was going to at least make it a three point decision that Roman Bravo young wasn't going to get bonus points. It was, or maybe he might've had a major decision. Nope. He got six in that instance. Uh, and I'm not really surprised that Bo Bartlett, Shane Van Ness, and Alex Facundo uh, all lost. Those were toss-up matches, as I mentioned. And their counterparts were just better that day. And they're ranked higher. Real Woods against Bo Bartlett. It's the number two wrestler in the country um, at, at 141. And Bo Bartlett just met his match in this case. I am surprised, however, at 174, even though Carter Storacci got the win. It was close. Carter Starachi has run away with a lot of matches this year, but this was a two to one victory against the number 16 wrestler and Nelson brands. I, I, a win is a win. I, I won't take anything away from that. Um, but it wasn't as emphatic as I thought it would be. Uh, and Aaron Brooks, th this is, this is an interesting t uh, statistic here. Aaron Brooks had nine of Penn state's 16 takedowns. That's how dominant he was against Drake Rhodes in his 22 to seven tech fall win. Uh, Brooks had more than half of Penn State's team total takedowns. And let's flip it over to Iowa. Spencer Lee had 18 points out of Iowa's 39 team points of all the, the takedowns and, and reversals or anything else, uh, escape points. Spencer Lee recorded 18 of them. So uh, Aaron Brooks and Spencer Lee uh, did a lot of the heavy lifting for, for Penn State and Iowa the other night. And then Max Dean just icing it out at, at 197. I know I keep saying that, but he closed things. He was the closer. He he kind of took it. He just like everyone had a deep sigh of relief when Max Dean was able to get that uh, his two to nothing decision. It was gritty. It wasn't pretty. And he still owns Max Murin. Uh, made, he dominated him last year when it was out in Iowa. And this time at the Bryce Jordan Center, he just did what was needed to be done. And someone pointed this out on Twitter. I thought this was interesting as well, that all the Penn State wrestlers have the same strategy when it comes to riding time. Well, it works. And that's what he said, too. He's like, it works and it's effective. And Kale Sanderson has it down to a science of what they needed to do because Iowa had no response. And that's why, well, it's boring. It's boring. These are the rules. This is how points are scored. Riding That riding time point is very important, and, and Penn State is really good when it comes to riding time and controlling the opponent. So uh, I, I don't care that that's the case. Uh, the casual fan's going to say uh, it was a boring dual meet. I thought it was exciting because I was on the edge of my seat until Max Steen ultimately clinched that victory, uh, and it took that riding time to just close out the period and, and put it in the books. So Penn State now has to focus its attention next on Ohio State. They got a, a three-leg road trip here. Uh, that is what's next for Kale Sanderson 
in the Nittany Lions. But thanks again for making Locked on Nittany Lions your first listen every day. Make sure you check out the brand new show, Locked on College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. That is Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Coming up on Locked on Nittany Lions, Penn State men's basketball is playing Michigan in the Bryce Jordan Center. Let's see if they can pull off what it, what would be an upset. They Vegas has them as a favorite. I'm surprised. Uh, we'll welcome back on Adam Sheets to recap it with me here. Uh, and more projections for Penn State football. It is the offseason, so as news comes in, we'll be able to discuss it, but kind of analyze some more of the hypotheticals, uh, breakout candidates, players you need to know, depth charts, everything else. That is all going to be on the way, and it's going to be right here on Locked On Nittany Lions.